Hello, my dear friends. Uh, welcome to episode 137 of Let's Talk with Scoggs. This week's guest is Liz of Gold Steps, a pop punk band from Milwaukee. They are fantastic. Absolutely check out all of their stuff. And lucky for you, they have a brand new EP out. There are eight songs. The EP is titled That Ain't It. The song Front Row and Petty were singles, so those were already released. There are some fun music videos to check out. This conversation was lovely. Liz and I are both married, so that came up a bit. And of course, the EP and their journey to Milwaukee right before COVID. A lot of stuff and just what they found in the local scene in Milwaukee. But also we kick things off with the local brewery scene in Milwaukee. So if you have not dabbled into your local scene, maybe this will inspire you to check it out. Liz tells me about the brewery that she works at now. It sounds like a really fun place to work and she was great. So I hope you enjoy this one. Here's episode 137 of Let's Talk with Scoggs with Liz of Gold Steps. Uh, where are you calling from today? I'm calling from uh, Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay, I was going to ask you about this brewery because I noticed it on your Instagram profile. So can we start there? Because I have immersed myself in my local brewery scene. So I would love to hear about yours. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I started working for Lakefront Brewery back in 2019 after we moved up here to Milwaukee. Um, I kind of just wandered in with my resume printed on pink paper, of course, because I just have to be that extra person. Um, and I figured it would get their attention, right? So I wandered in. Um, somebody went upstairs to grab uh, the executive chef, Kristen, and she came down, kind of read things over, asked me a couple questions. She was like, well, I just don't think you're a good fit for a dishwasher position. And that's all I've got. So let me pass you over to the front of house team. So um, I didn't hear anything for a little bit and then they called me for an interview. Um, and I came back and they actually wanted me to be trained to be part of their tour guide staff. So I started out just pouring beer and, um, you know, doing stuff at the host stand and work in the gift shop and things like that. And then I worked my way up to being a tour guide, um, a couple months later. And then a few months into that COVID happened. Oh Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was weird. We all came into work and everyone was like, oh, did you read the email? And I was like, oh, what email? Like, did the weekend update come out early? And they're like, no, this is our last day. And I was like, what? Um, oh. So then, you know, we all went home for a couple of weeks and a couple of weeks turned into more than a couple of weeks. And then they asked if anybody wanted to come in and make hand sanitizer. So I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'll come in and make hand sanitizer. Like, I, I just can't be on my couch anymore. Like, I'm like living doomsday over here. Yeah. So I went in and then I started just hanging out at the warehouse, building variety packs. And then once the restaurant and the beer hall reopened, um, I went back over there and I, I put on my Instagram profile that I'm a babe of all trades. Cause I've literally worked in pretty much every department for the brewery. I've worked on the bottling line when they needed help during COVID. Um, I've hand bottled some of our uh, specialty beers um, I've worked in the warehouse doing inventory and like administrative stuff. And then in September of last year, uh, unfortunately, one of my um, colleagues went out with pancreatic cancer. And oh, so there was an so opportunity. And yet yeah, she's up. She's in remission. She's actually coming oh, back. Oh, amazing. Yeah. But I was amazing. able to, to help out. She and I were uh, relatively close. Um, we had worked alongside each other for certain like special projects and things like that. Um, and I did inventory for the merchandise for our gift shop. So I ended up stepping into her position and that's what I currently do now. I am 
the general merchandiser um, and handle donations and some other administrative duties. So I work up in the office, so I'm not much on the floor anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really, really fun because as anybody who's in a band or does music know, um, uh, merchandise is a big part of what you do, right? You always mm -hmm. have the merch table, you have pre-orders and things like that. So it's been kind of fun to ex like exercise my knowledge um, both ways, like with the brewery, kind of knowing like, hey, this is what I know sells for our band. And then I can also like test products that have done really well at the brewery with our band. Like um, yes. our pre-orders have these really rad camp mugs and I had gotten some made for the brewery. And then I was like, wait, wait a minute, these are really sick. Like we should get these made for our <laughs> band too. Um, bucket hats, all sorts of fun stuff that I get to play with and try new things and bring like a younger, fresh perspective too, which has been really fun. Um, I get lots of compliments from my coworkers. I get lots of random ideas and some of them mm -hmm. I play with and some of them I'm like, yeah, someday. <laughs> but I'm super excited because I just helped spearhead our 35th anniversary like clothing line for the brewery. And these shirts are, they're basically utilizing the actual vintage designs that they had printed back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And then putting them on new comfortable clothing that has, you know, might, it might be like a slightly different background or something like that, but I'm cool. so excited. Yeah. I love it. I live in Oklahoma city and previous to that, I lived in Los Angeles where breweries were not a normal, like they have them, but it wasn't a part of my day to day or weekend to weekend, I should say. But living in Oklahoma city, we have tons of them. And I romanticize the idea of having this cool business where you get to be creative and there's not a whole lot of bureaucracy and it's sort of fun. And every day it's like, who can help with this or that? And it, I have a friend here who works at one called Stone Cloud Brewery here in Oklahoma City. And every day I'm like, what was work like this week? She's like, well, we had hot dogs on Friday. And <laughs> Monday morning, I brought in bagels for everyone, and it was yada yada's birthday, so we had a pinata. It just sounds like such a fun, collaborative, um, you know, every day is different sort of atmosphere. So I noticed that in your profile, and I thought that was so cool. And I love how you've found a way for those two things to sort of inspire each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always wanted to work at a brewery, like, pretty much since I turned 21, like, my parents and I, that's how we really bonded was going to mm. breweries. So when they would come visit me in Austin or when I would come back to Milwaukee to visit them, that's, I mean, that sounds like, I guess, a weird way to like build a relationship with your parents, but we had, you know, I, we, yeah. we butted heads in some ways as when I was like a teenager and then kind of like, they're some of my favorite drinking buddies. Like they're Aww. so laid back and, <laughs> and we're always interested in trying new things. So when I came back, I mean, I literally applied at my favorite, um, brewery here in Milwaukee and I feel so lucky to be able to work for them um, and I hope I can continue to work for them even as our band like grows and starts to do more things and, yeah. and get out on the road more but yeah it's a cool environment and I have the best co-workers like everybody here is so cool every mm -hmm. so many there's musicians a lot of art artists and um, actors and actresses and um, teachers lots of teachers here um, and then just you know normal people who like this is just their job but they really like, you know, craft beer and they really like mm -hmm. creating a, a welcoming space like for our customers. And, and our, our brewery's got so much history to it. Um, our owner, Russ, is just super into Milwaukee history and so am I. So I feel like we get along on that sense that we just have this really 
really grand appreciation for the people who've come before us and have paved the way for us to exist in this wonderful city. Yeah. Well, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Cause I know that's not what you anticipated. I was going to ask you first. <laughs> so No, but it's really cool. I'm, I'm literally sitting here in um, a historic chalet that belonged to the Milwaukee Brewers at one point. Um, they have this mascot, Bernie Brewer, who used to stand up in this chalet. Um, and then when the Brewers would hit a home run, he would slide down from it. Um, we had it mounted <laughs> inside of our brewery. So I'm looking out right now at my coworker who's cleaning some some fermentation tanks. Um, and I, I've been there before. I've been down in that space before. So it's, <laughs> it's actually really hot in here. <laughs> but that's because of all, you know, the activity and, and yeah. like steam and everything. So cool. yeah, it's a cool space. And I imagine you've just gotten back to work because it seems like you guys were just on the road for a little bit. So what was that like? How were those dates? Yeah, uh, we were technically playing. We technically played like uh, we were out for 10 dates, um, even though the first two dates were in Chicago and Milwaukee. So we just like trucked it back home each night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were out on the road. Um, we played kind of a wide variety of different types of venues. So we played two different house parties, um, which both were wild. Um, <laughs> we were in Muncie, Indiana at a place called The Litter Box, and there were like 70 kids there. And I don't think anybody knew who we were before like coming in, except for like the other bands and of course, you know, the host. Um, but it was wild, like having 70 kids packed into a basement, sorry, fire marshal codes or whatever. Um, and then just people like hanging out. Um, then we also played a house party, um, Keep Flying. Um, they're like a pop punk uh, band with Scott influences. They have a saxophone um, player, JJR, and a trombone player. And um, we played their like home base. They're all kind of spread out all over the country now, but they have this home base, um, which is um, Pete's parents' house, I believe. So we were, we played there to like, I don't know, must have been like 50 or so people, including a bunch of like their older neighbors. Mm. So like adult adults, like kid, like people that like Pete's neighborhood, like the kids grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> so that was awesome. <laughs> Uh, and then we played, you know, like a couple of bars. Um, we played a dog bar in Centralia, Illinois, oh. um, which was awesome. There were, there could have been more dogs, but it was kind of late at night. So I understand the puppies probably had to go home to bed. <laughs> um, and then we played, we finally got to play Madison, Wisconsin for the first time. Um, so yeah, we kind of went all over. Uh, we were supposed to play in North Carolina with Alisana and Frontside and Vampires Everywhere. But unfortunately our bus had other plans for us. So, oh <laughs> so we ended up having to stop and get our brake caliper fixed. Um, you actually, there's actually a reel on our Instagram that shows us live in the morning, fixing a vacuum pump that was causing some issues with the brakes. And then four hours into our eight hour drive to North Carolina from Pennsylvania, um, the driver's side caliper started smoking. So we really needed to get that replaced. Um, I'm not super technical when it comes to cars, but Let's just say yeah. that when I asked the question, I was like, okay, could we actually keep driving on this? Or is there a chance we could die? And they were like, um, yes. And I was like, okay, let's not risk that sadly. Yeah. Um, but we'll get back there. Um, I hope we get another chance to play down in North Carolina soon. I mean, it's a cool spot. We really like the Raleigh area. That's where Revival is kind of based in. So hopefully we'll get down that way. And then it's usually a quick stop over to Myrtle Beach to see our friend um, Nick. Nice. All the glam, glamorous moments of being on the road with all the van troubles. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing like, 
like sitting in a Planet Fitness parking lot and kind of just like, I want to cry. I feel like I shouldn't oh. cry. Oh. But you know what? Actually, I think I'm going to cry. Me and the ants and the spiders on the ground over here, we're oh. going to cry. <laughs> oh. I had, I, yeah, it, it was a tough day, but we rallied. We got some yeah. Chipotle. We got back on the road and, and luckily that was the only show we missed. Yeah. And we have a eight track EP coming mm-hmm. out. It's, I mean, it's August 24th as of recording and this sucker is going to be out October 7th. So that's yeah. going to fly by. That's just going to fly right by. And today I saw the Petty video and there's a gentleman wearing a mustard plug t-shirt. And I was like, wow, I've not thought of that band in a really long time. Um, <laughs> so uh, Petty and Front Row are what I've been able to listen to. But what can you tell me about the rest of the EP? So this EP is kind of a mess, like to be totally honest. Like it's it's a wonderful, beautiful, chaotic mess. Uh, it is. It was recorded in three different at least three different writing sessions. Um, so we started writing some of these songs, not with the int- intention of really, you know, I figured eventually they would make it on an EP, but um, so back in 2018, after we had released our uh, second EP, Incandescent, we, um, Zach and I, um, so Zach plays guitar, he's also my husband, um, we went back into the studio, we came off of a tour actually, um, and stopped over at producer Rick King's studio in Paducah, Kentucky. Um, and Nick Thompson from Hit the Lights um, had agreed to come out and co-write with us um, for this little session. Um, Kevin from Hit the Lights was actually supposed to be part of the session, but last minute he had some uh, family things to take care of. So mm-hmm. Rick called Nick up and like convinced him, I guess, like, hey, this band is you know, you guys will get along. It'll be a good time. And if it's not, you can leave and, you know, so Nick came out, we clicked. I feel like we clicked pretty immediately. Um, I'm really good with like, I have lots of lyrics. I'm not the best melody writer. Um, I've grown a lot since working with Nick. Um, but we sat down and he was like, okay, tell me what's going on in your head right now. Um, tell me what you've been experiencing in life. Like, what do you want to write about? What's, what's there in, in, in your head and your heart to like speak about? So we, we talked through, um, we ended up writing two songs, Empty Space and Under Attack. Um, those songs have been out now for a while, um, oh, but they okay. will be on the EP. Um, okay. And then in 2019, in February, um, we had gone on another short tour um, in the fall of 2018. And then we took some time over winter to, um, we had added a new guitarist in, um, Alex, and uh, we were you know, revamping like our bus situation. So we were in a better spot to tour. And then Zach and I spent three weeks in Kentucky again with Rick and Nick. And we wrote four demos. Um, Our manager was pitching us to a few different labels and he needed something fresh and new to kind of send them. So we recorded four songs. Um, Three of those eventually made this upcoming EP, That Ain't It. Um, We did have one song that we ended up Scrapping, um, it was a song we had written for a friend of ours who passed away um, from cancer pretty quickly. Um, so a friend of ours who was our age, and it was pretty devastating. Um, and the song overall, I think we just wanted to do better by Anthony. I think we could have written a better song. What we wrote was emotional. Um, it just didn't feel like the right way for us to honor him mm-hmm. in that sense. So we kind of shelved that song. Um, and the, the other songs we ended up, you know, fixing up 
once we returned after uh, our move in 2019. Um, so then in 2019, uh, we had just finished a big tour with Calling All Captains, Calling All Captains, excuse me, and Settle Your Scores. Uh, we had gone back into the studio to try and write some more demos. And I think I just kind of hit this like creative wall, uh, this mm. mental wall. Um, I had been kind of, we'd been really not, I guess parading might not be the right word, but championing this idea of like, oh, you know, I've gone through my struggles with mental health. I still have them, but I'm getting better. And then I had kind of felt myself backsliding. I think talking about it and always feeling like I had to be this space of strength really um, mm -hmm. got into me a little bit because I was like, I don't feel strong right now. I don't feel recovered. I don't feel like I'm in a place to tell people it gets better because at this point, I don't feel like I'm getting better anymore. Um, so I wanted to take a break. I really missed Milwaukee. I missed my family. So we moved home. And then after a break to move and then COVID and finally rebuilding our band in 2021, Nick and Rick actually flew into Milwaukee and we had another writing session um, and we wrote three new tracks for the EP, um, two of which are Front Row and Petty. And then we, we were actually like tracking in our like dining area. Like we had like a dining, sitting, eating area. Um, and we recorded there. And then after Rick and Nick left, um, the rest of the band and I finished up whatever tracking we needed to do, um, harmonies, um, additional vocals, um, redoing drums that were originally knitted. And then we actually went and recorded them. Um, and then we ended up uh, parting ways with Rick um, for, uh, production and mixing um, partway through. So then we had to reestablish ourselves with another uh, mixing engineer. And we ended up going back to Kieran Krebs at Overcast Recordings who had tracked our EP Incandescent but didn't mix or master it. So this allowed him this time to take our tracks and actually mix and master them, which is something I know that he has been talking to us about for a long time. He's a good friend of ours. He's still based in Austin. Um, so yeah. The EP is, I, I hope it still comes across as complete thoughts for each song, but I think what it really just shows this journey. Like, I think you can tell the older songs from the newer songs. And I think that's a great thing to kind of witness all in one package is like, mm -hmm. okay, wow, these songs are recognizable from a style that I was really familiar with, with this band. And now I can see where they've ended up or where they might be going you know there's some mm -hmm. new things we're playing with there um so it's kind of just this beautiful mess and i'm really excited for it hello everyone we always like to talk about taking care of ourselves here on the show and our well-being and one of those ways to take care of yourself is to take care of your finances and upside has been an incredible way to save money on everyday things like gas groceries dining out at restaurants with every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. I'm looking in my Upside app right now. There is a gas station that is 2.8 miles from my house that's in the app. There is a Mediterranean restaurant that is 0.4 miles. There is a burger place that's 0.4 miles and so on and so on. So as you can see, there are tons of options all around me to save money and earn cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code SCOGS, S-C-O-G-G-S, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, 
and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app using promo code SCOGS to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code SCOGS. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that, that it's, you know, pieces of different parts of a journey. Because if we all look at our lives as like a metaphor, like I relate to a lot to what you said about feeling like you're an advocate for mental health and at times feeling like you've got a hold on it and then other times feeling like I don't know what to tell anyone or give any advice because I'm lost. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And to juxtapose that to talking about an EP that's eight songs that are from different periods of the ups and downs that we went through in a pandemic are just the natural ups and downs we all go through in life. And to be honest about that is nice because a lot of times these EPs and albums are packaged so perfectly with a little bow and they're just given to us. And we don't think twice about the behind the scenes or the actual journey the artist went through during the recording process. So I'm extremely excited to listen to all eight together and feel that because that's more reflective of what my experiences are. Every day isn't just perfect, polished, the same exact feeling, you know, every, sometimes it's day to day, sometimes it's hour to hour. I feel different ways. Um, So it's nice to hear that honesty that this wasn't just, oh, we, we recorded it in a month and all the songs just flew out of my mouth. It was just so easy breezy. It's refreshing to hear like, you know, this was a lot of work and it's, it was over a few years and it's, it takes a lot of people to get behind this stuff. And um, I, re- I guess I just really appreciate your honesty with all of that. Oh, thank you. I think that was one thing. Um, so like, as far as like being honest and open about how many people are really involved in a record, um, that was something that always scared me, right? So mm-hmm being an artist, being a lyricist and and a vocalist, um, I don't play an instrument or at least I don't play anything well enough to like ever record it. Like it would just be frankly embarrassing. Um, but I always had this weird chip on my shoulder, this like, Oh no, if I can't write it on my own, if I need help, like then people will think I'm a fraud. Not realizing that literally every album you listen to, there are very few artists out there who write in a vacuum. And you don't, you actually don't want to, right. the best thing you can do is share your demos with your friends, share your demos with people whose opinion you really respect and admire, and you know, is going to be objective and get their mm-hmm. feedback on it. Because I mean, when we were first revamping the band, um, we had put together, um, a couple of different songs that we were sending to Rick and Nick before the writing session and listening back to them now, they feel such a step back from where we were but these were our first songs writing again really writing with purpose after being out of it for you know well over a year and writing together as an ensemble and being like wow okay we really haven't found our voice together just yet but Nick I mean Nick has co-written every single song that is on this upcoming EP and I I would not be the songwriter I am today without Nick's help I mean he is such a good melody writer like he knows mm-hmm. hooks and and I mean I, I just I feel so honored to have his influence on our record to have his influence on my songwriting because 
I, I mean, how many people get to work with somebody that they admired and listen to their records, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. as, a, as you know, somebody in, in college or in high school and being like, this dude is amazing. I can't believe, like, it still blows my mind sometimes. And it's funny <laughs> because like, he's a good friend of ours. Like we text like stupid memes and stuff to each other all the time. And like, I've met his wife, we've stayed at his house. Um, but it just feels like, you know, having, having like your go-to person who really understands you, who understands where you're coming from, who understands what I want this overall message to come out sonically sounding like, that's huge. Like Taylor Swift has Jack Antonoff and Aaron Dessner. Those are yeah. her go-to people. She's worked with a bunch of different people, but those have recently been like her go-tos. Um, Selena Gomez works with um, Julia Michaels on a regular basis. Um, every artist has their their people they go to, their team. And that doesn't mean that they're a weak lyricist. It doesn't mean they're a weak songwriter. It means that they understand the value of having that outside input. Um, yes. And I think the, the sooner like, we got over it. I, w- I wish we'd gotten over it sooner, but I think we needed to learn what it felt like to write a record on our own. Incandescent, that was 100% Zach and I writing songs and melodies together. Um, we wrote the melodies and guitar parts together and then brought it to the band. We added in bass and drums as a group. Um, but with all of the new stuff, we started with vocal mm-hmm. and built the song around that because that, at the end of the day, is really the the focus of our band is putting messages into my, like our, the way through my lyrics out there mm-hmm. into the world for people to relate to. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too, what you said about um, having like the idea that we ca- we have to do things on our own, that asking for help is seen as a bad thing. And again, I think that can relate to life in general, that we should always know when to ask for help. And it's, better to have input from other people and if you do have a brain trust that you can be vulnerable in front of and share that's only going to elevate whatever the thing is whether it's a bowl of spaghetti or it's a song (laughs) it's only going to help to have other people either being able to tell you when an idea is like not quite there yet like that improv approach yes and like elevating something rather than feeling like you're in a cocoon all by yourself and you're just echoing and there's no input that's it's not going to ever be as um fully realized as it could be if you could bring in other brains that you trust and and hearts so to speak because i know in art it's very vulnerable to share an idea you want oh yeah a nice cocoon of people that have your back and i think i think actually the older i've gotten um the more i've grown into this industry I actually get suspicious when people are only telling me things are great. Yes. Like our, our A&R rep, Kevin, probably gets super annoyed. We're, we're, we text him all day long too. Um, we call him all the time. Um, but whenever I'm, I'm just like, Kevin, no, like, like, yes, everything's good. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what to fix. Tell me what mm-hmm. could be better. Like, because I've gotten used to knowing that not everything is 100% perfect all the time. There's right. always room to grow. There's always room to improve. Um, I think though it is nice to have somebody, I can be very um, pessimistic. I can be very like dive deep into the, why didn't this happen? Instead of being like, look at all the things that are happening. And yes. so Kevin kind of brings me back up to like planet earth. Like, hey, don't worry. Things are on track. They're, the, they're growing the way we want them to grow. You guys are doing great. I know you want more. I know you're hungry. I know you're driven. Nothing happens overnight. 
I think I still am just one of those people that like, I have to, I love reading other people's journeys. I love reading articles about, um, you know, like somebody like Scene Queen and hearing about her growth and where she started out. And I didn't even know she used to have a different name that she performed under and kind of reading how she worked up or Charlotte Sands. Like, um, I, I, I know I'm kind of focusing on women, but that's, I mean, they're aspirational to me. Those are are women who I've watched grow um, and seen like on the surface, it might look like they came out of nowhere, but to look back and read these articles and be like, wow, you know, she moved like Charlotte Sands moved to Nashville when she was 18 and worked for several years before anybody really gave her a second look and bartended. Like it's the same story for many, many women and many artists out there. Um, Maggie Schneider from Glimmers. Her and I, you know, kind of have circled around each other for many years um, in different Facebook groups. Like we used to post our, like she would post her solo music and I would be posting Gold Step stuff in these groups. And same thing with Stand Atlantic. And then all of a sudden Stand Atlantic just like blew up. They got signed to Hopeless. um, And it was like, wow, I remember when they were self-posting in the same Facebook pop punk (laughs) groups that we all were. But that means that those people are real. And they have a journey and they've worked really hard to get where they are. And that means that whatever area of life they end up in, I can respect the fact that I watched them grow and I know how much work they put into it. Yes. It takes a lot of nights for an overnight success. I like that. Yeah. Got to put that work in. It's better. It feels better when it happens. Um, Liz, I would love to play Overshare with you. And... This is a game. I've got lots of questions. It's kind of be like we're kind of on a first date. It's like okay, conversation starter questions. I am the biggest oversharer in the world. Um. So you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna love this. So Yay. some of the questions are silly. Some are more thoughtful. It's a real grab bag. But I have 176 questions, and we both have to share. You're not alone. Okay. So if you could, as my guest, please choose a number one through 176. Ooh. Let's go with 137. 137. Is that number of any importance to you? No, I think I just used it at the end of one of my like usernames at some nice. point. There you go. 13 okay. and 7. There we go. When was the last time you laughed so hard that you cried? Oh, man. Wow. Um, probably uh, last Friday night. Uh-huh. Um, we had played the show um, in Centralia. We went back to um, back to the Airbnb. Our friend was sweet enough to to get for us. It was this really cool lake house. Um, and I am such a loser. Like I, all I ever want to do um, after um, getting a little uh, twisty is uh-huh. watch vines and laugh. Um, yeah. I I do like to relax occasionally. Um, by, by doing that. So we had some drinks, had some pizza, sat down in front of, you know, the TV, turned on YouTube. And I am just like such a dork when it comes to vines. Like I was never on vine, but I've watched so many stupid vine compilations. Um, I think this one was like vines that made my dad disown me or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was just laughing so, so hard. Um, I really like to, I, I don't know, the guys always laugh at me because I'm always like doing the memes. Like, look at all these chickens. Oh, yeah. And like, um, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> uh, what's the, what are those? 
Uh-huh. Um, I actually saw a guy in Crocs at a Wonder Years concert, and I we were we were a little drunk. <laughs> I pointed, and I was like, "What are those?" And Zach <laughs> and Ryan could not stop laughing. So yes, I am that person. I just like I to quote stupid stuff. I didn't realize that Vine lived on on it lives it's still alive on YouTube. I didn't I didn't even think about that that all those it's, videos are somewhere. It's still on TikTok. I will scroll through TikTok and I'm like, what the heck? That's a Vine from like eight years ago. Oh my gosh. Like See, seriously. You stop good content. It's gonna fi- it's gonna live on somewhere. I don't know if I'd call it Yes, it's good. Well, Actually, it's you know what? Good is relative. To me, it's good. <laughs> I highly enjoy it. I love to laugh. Yes. Um, I will share with you that I laughed so hard I cried yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what came over me. I called my husband to ask him something and I just went into a bit and did a voice and he went along with it. He didn't stop the bit. He completely played along and I kept it going for like five minutes and then I broke and asked him what I need to ask him normal questions. But I guess the point there is that it's nice to have a partner that will allow me to just call him <laughs> and just do this silly voice and do a whole bit. And he just, he just lets it play out. And that's just nice. It's refreshing. And I, I made myself laugh so hard. I cried. It's, I don't know if he was as entertained, but I had a great time. So that's, that's amazing. I love that. Do you guys have like your own little language? Oh, totally. Yeah. And especially <laughs> because we have two dogs. So we have a language with, in reference to the dogs, like what they need or what's going on with them. And then we have our own with each other. And then, you know, at a certain point, dogs pick up on sounds. So they, the dogs know the secret language now. <laughs> it's, it's a whole thing, but it's, it's a, a warm, fuzzy feeling that I didn't know that I was ever going to get to have. So all of those people out there who are like, that sounds so lame and corny. You just don't know how good it feels to have it. It's oh my so gosh. Fun. It's the best. Honestly, isn't it, isn't it such yeah. a beautiful thing about humanity that, You can find a person, um, maybe even multiple people throughout the course of your life that you connect with on such a deep level that you can do something that would seem so absurd to an outsider, but you understand it between the two of you. It's just this beautiful like thread between you that like, and it's funny because it's not like you go and do it with somebody else later, right? No, no, You have these unique experiences that only belong to you and that one other person and that ties you to them forever. And I, yes. I don't know. So, I, so there are certain things about humanity that I just, I just love. Yes. And thank you for reminding us all of that because it's, it's tough out there. So that's a nice reminder of humanity being nice. That is true. I tell Zach all the time. I was like, if something ever happens to you, I'm never talking to like, I'm never dating. I'm never going to try with anybody. I'll just be alone forever. Yes. I'm, I, I agree. I would just call it a day. Gave it my best shot. If it's not that person, it's nobody. So we're just going to call it a day. Agreed. It'll be me and a bag of Cheetos Yes. forever and always. Um, okay. Pick another number one through 176. Let's go with <laughs> I'm trying to think of oh let's go with 10 number 10 okay so you're in a committed relationship so I need to think of a new way to skew this maybe okay. with maybe with bands that you're going to tour with what are some deal breakers for bands that you're going to tour with ego mm-hmm. um we I mean, that works for relationships too ego's never good yeah. And it, it's one thing to be confident. It's another to be just so into yourself mm-hmm. or I, and, and I think maybe the problem with it though, too, is sometimes 
people project a lot. So you might think somebody has a huge ego, but they're just really projecting this sense of self-confidence and total like up their own buttness. Um, but it's out of fear or out of lack of self-confidence. Um, but there's just this, like, I don't know if we're allowed to swear. Yeah, you can. Oh, I just, I, I just don't like the idea that people walk around thinking they're hot shit. Yeah. Like I might feel like, like, I guess maybe I've been raised in a different way or, and also as a woman, I think like we always like, you pass like a window and you like, kind of like self-check and you're like, damn, I look good. And then you're like, wait, no, no, that's vain. That's so gross. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be that. And then it's like, what the heck? Like, when do I get to celebrate all the work I've done and and all the things I actually do like about myself? I've had enough of my brain telling me I'm not good enough. So I I guess that's a long, super long-winded answer. But ego, when it really truly is ego and they can't back down from it. Um, Also, obviously, like, anytime I watch somebody, if if they treat service people like crap Mm -hmm. or they're rude to, like, the sound guy or rude to any of the, like, venue staff, I just like make a mental note, like, nope, never again. Yes. And in just out of curiosity, because I think that can be applied to like a coworker situation. So this might be a good chance, like get, pick your brain a bit about how do you deal with those sorts of people? Do you sort of like observe and just say like, oh, that's what not to do. Or have you ever gotten to a point where you're like, you know what? I need to pull them aside and we got to talk about this because this is not a good look and we should just try to figure this out like how have you dealt with those sorts of personalities um sometimes it'll be if, if somebody's like directly complaining to me like man doesn't suck blah 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 I'll try to try to spin things a little bit more positive um if I if if I feel comfortable a lot of times I just kind of like shut down like I don't know what to say what I'll usually do is go back over to that per like say they were rude to like a wait staff person um I, you know, will go over and and make sure I say thank you and like tip them extra or like try to like brighten their day a little bit. Um, I always try to make good with people who work venues that we we, like play at because they could be the make or break. You might put on a great show, but if like those band, that band was a bunch of assholes. Like we don't ever want them back. That's the last thing you want. Your manager does want to hear that. Your, you know, other bands that come through, they'll be like, wow, you know, like, oh, I saw so-and-so play there. Yeah, they sucked. They were mean. They were crabby. They took too long to load on, all that stuff. Like, people notice that stuff. Totally. Uh, I wish I was more confrontational. I think that's something I want to work on. Like, I feel now self-empowered in my own self, but I want to also feel empowered to, like, actually approach people and be like, hey, that's, you know, it's not their fault that XYZ went wrong. Or, hey, I know you're upset. Please don't take it out on other people. Like, it's not cool. But I have a, a really... I've stood up to people when it was something that directly affected me. I wish I was better at standing up for others. Um, And that's something to work towards. Yeah. For all, I mean, I agree. I think I can work on that as well. Totally. I guess I'm always just scared. I I, I guess you never know, especially as like a woman, like how somebody might respond and respond really poorly. Like, I guess that's just. Oh yeah. They're just going to call you a bitch. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been called every (laughs) name you can think of by plenty of people. Um, and I guess it's more of like, I don't trust that if somebody lashed out, then like if they directed their anger towards me, that I would be able to handle that in a graceful manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to be seen as assertive sometimes as a woman rather than being dramatic or aggressive or when you're just like, I, I am just trying to fix this situation and just because I'm being upfront and honest about it doesn't mean I'm handling it poorly I'm just being assertive and I'm trying to watch this 
and sometimes you can try to speak truth with kindness like hey I, I don't like that and they're just like whatever you know yes. you don't know and it's like okay actually sir <laughs> or yes. ma'am like this yes. is actually how it works like like that's the thing where it's like how do you decide like with what wherewithal like what attitude you can use like that's honestly like I, I hate to say it but like I defer a lot to like Zach and Ryan um in the van because I'll be like can you go say this because it's going to come off so much better from you than it does from me um whenever we've had to have discussions with somebody like it's it's that's what you said it's oh she's just being a bitch she's yep. like having a bad day it's her, she has an attitude whatever whereas like if the guy goes and talks they'll be like oh yeah man sorry I didn't realize that and I'm like what the hell <laughs> like it's the that ego sucks. yeah it's Sometimes, I mean, I can only speak from my own experiences when I have had to advocate for myself in a situation where I am, honestly, I am just sticking up for myself and I go about it in a kind way, but I'm also not your mom. Okay. So I don't need to like hold your hand. I'm not your mother, but I am being honest about a situation. It's completely night and day if it's, especially if I'm talking to a male if I'm talking to a male and he doesn't like it or it bruises his ego or whatever, it's I could say anything and it's not going to be well received. And it's just part of knowing the signals and under like reading a situation and deciding, can I handle this? Is this person going to actually want to hear what I have to say? Or does it not matter what I say? And either way, I'm going to be out of here as the bad guy. It's really just about reading people. And it's a real mind game. It's really mm-hmm. difficult. I don't have well, the the textbook answer. It's just, ugh. It's right, exhausting. and like, why am I going to waste my time? Yes. Like, if I can already look at you and see the kind of, like, the way your actions are, are showing the kind of person you are, it's just not even worth, it's not worth yeah. getting into a fuss because then I'm going to get upset and then I'm going to carry that with me and it's going to affect other things. And I don't want to carry that around. Like, it, it, it sucks though because I think we've gotten to be a society where people feel em- emboldened to be complete asshats because who's going to stop them? And that's maybe, you know, like, I guess that's, that's the conundrum, right? I'm, I want to speak up. I want to say something, but I also have to preserve myself. So we have so many of us running around. We're like, you know what? That person's unhinged or that person seems like they might snap. I'm just going to let them be. But then they, they, since no one's disagreeing with them, they seem to take that as agreement or they must be right. Yes. So I don't know. It's, it's, man, can't we all just be nice? I know. Take a breath. (laughs) I can, Um, I can be crabby too, but I always, I always, I I like to think that I apologize later. Yes, I agree. I'm not always my best self, but I try to have some self-awareness and I'm quick to apologize. I will give myself credit for that, which I never give myself credit for really anything, but I will say that I'm pretty quick to apologize when I know like, Hey Sarah, like let's look at this from the other side. Do we owe someone an apology? Would you want an apology if that's what you got? Be like, yeah, okay, let's just go apologize. It feels better. It does, and it, it honestly, the more comfortable we get with being able to say, "Hey, I was wrong," and that's okay. It's okay yeah. that we can make this up now. It's not okay that I reacted the way I did, and I was wrong, and I'm sorry for that. I hope you can forgive me. And sometimes forgiveness doesn't come easy. I know I have a hard time sometimes forgiving or I can forgive, but I don't really forget my, mm-hmm. my brain doesn't allow me to, but I try, I've been working really hard at not trying to bring up the past when it comes to like a current argument, 
Mm. Um, although I do think it's important to do keep, to keep a mental note and decide when it's time to just walk away and be done with that relationship, with that mm-hmm. friendship, um, that business partnership, whatever it is. Um, because sometimes, sometimes you just don't meet each other's needs and that's totally okay. Like there's not, everyone's a great fit for each other. Um, it's a disappointing thing that I've really had to learn, um, and shared values. Gosh, like the sooner you can pinpoint your personal values and what you hold most important and then realizing that okay that person doesn't share my values it's not actually harmful to me or harmful to anybody else it's not really my place to direct them and who they are as a person mm-hmm. um but I don't feel like I need to spend my time with a person who doesn't share my values that's okay too and yeah. it's okay to kind of like let those relationships slowly die out mm-hmm. well this has been I mean, we didn't even get to the advice section yet, but you just gave some great advice. <laughs> Thank you. I used to work for a, a rehab facility, so I've there spent a lot know. of times with therapists. Um, I was in therapy myself for a while, um, and it, it taught me a lot about um, thinking of things thoughtfully, like mm-hmm. really, really examining a situation kind of disassociated from it, like taking yourself out of the situation, giving yourself some space to breathe and really, really think about it. Um, and, and even write it down if you need to and work your way through it. Um, I find that talking a lot about stuff helps, helps you totally. see the other side. Yes. I have been in therapy for like four years and it's done wonders for me. So big proponent of talking about your stuff. Big one. Okay. So our last little bit of every episode is giving advice. So here we go. We're going to do some more of that. Um, this is called asking for a friend. And listeners write in questions. They're not for the guest specifically. They're just sort of general questions. And uh, some of them we've answered more than once just because I have found that different walks of life, experiences lend to different sorts of advice and perspective. So for Liz today, our question is, do you have any advice on how to cultivate more self-love? Oh, boy. That was a hard one that I had to work for a really long time. Um, cause it has to come from yourself. I think everybody can be really familiar with having like the person you love, your significant other. Um, Zach has gotten on me many times about how I will accept a compliment from somebody else. But when he tells me the same compliment, I kind of brush it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really just comes from like, take a long look at yourself in the mirror and, and it sounds really cheesy, but like find something about yourself today that you like. It can be the most superficial thing. But just get comfortable with like looking at yourself, thinking about what you're grateful for in your life too. Um, I've actually found that self-love has come easiest after putting myself in a situation where, I mean, I'm one of those like people who I'll just stop sometimes and like take appreciation for the beautiful day that we're having outside or the fact that I'm in a city that I love or that I saw a cool dog walk by. Like, taking learning to appreciate everything also helps you appreciate yourself but I think it really does start with looking yourself in the mirror look yourself in the eyes and think about the things about you that somebody else might like or appreciate and get comfortable doing that um get comfortable um seeing the things that you'd like to change about yourself but then recognize the things that you already have changed or the things that you don't need to change because you like those things about yourself I don't, I know a lot of people go through phases where they say, I hate myself or I hate who I am. I don't like anything about my life. I need everything to change, but that's not really true. 
Mm. I very, very, very sincerely doubt that anybody has 100% of every single cell in their body, every thought in their brain, every feeling in their heart is something they don't like. Mm. So just, you know, examine all the little pieces that make you you. There's something good in there. And you just have to find it and appreciate that and then continue to expand on that. It takes a long time, but you'll get there. Oh, Liz. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, stay tuned from, you know, Liz's advice podcast coming out real soon (laughs) because she's great at it. Um, but, we could also uh, have a podcast about all the things that I don't do <laughs> correctly and all the well, things we, I do. <laughs> you know, there's two sides to every coin. We're all exactly. working on something. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being so generous in this conversation. It was so nice to get to know you. But I want to give you the floor to let everyone know where to like, stream, follow, pre-order, anything you need. So take it away. Awesome. Uh, you can find Gold Steps um, on pretty much every social media network under the user handle at Gold Steps MKE. So we're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Um, Instagram is probably our most commonly used, um, but we're working on TikTok. Um, you can find our music on Spotify, uh, Amazon, Prime Music, or whatever that is, Apple Music, Tidal, pretty much every streaming service. Uh, pre-orders are up on Revival uh, Revival's um, website. Uh, and on our Spotify uh, for merch bundles and the CD. And you can also pre-save the EP now. There is a link. Um, The link tree is in our bio on every social media platform. You guys can click there to find out what tour dates we have coming up. Um, Check out our videos, check out our other socials, and pre-order the new EP. Yay! Well, congratulations on the EP. Thank you. It's, uh, it sounds like a labor of love. So I'm excited to get to listen to all the tracks together. And thank you so much for today. And have fun the rest of your day at work with all of your cool coworkers doing cool stuff. <laughs> thank um, you. And yeah, we'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Thank you for having me out. I appreciate it. Of course. Have a great day. You too. Babe.